the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. First hour here, it's going to be you and me. We've got a lot to talk about. I want you to get the phone number ready. I want you to be, to, I'm going to need to hear from you this hour. 888-52-TALKS is the number. 888-528-2557. I was thinking this weekend, it's been a while, by the way, since we've been together. I was thinking, what should we talk about on when we get together on Monday? I thought we could talk about football. A lot of people talking about football today. If you watched um, any of the games this weekend, man, oh man, oh man. The one last night, wow. Um, but we're not going to talk about football. I mean, we can't. If you, if you got something you want to say about the games, about the Rams, we can. you're welcome to do that. I thought we could talk about M&Ms. <laughs> I I alternate between just what I'm doing here, laughing out loud and just kind of shaking my head and going, will I ever buy M&Ms again, given how politically correct the people at the Mars Candy Company. By the way, somebody pointed out, I think it was Jonah Goldberg who pointed out the Mars Candy Company. Mars was the Roman god of war. If you want to make sure that you're politically correct, maybe you think you shouldn't have your candy company named after the Roman god of war. I guess you say, well, we didn't. We named it after the planet. Well, guess who they named the planet after? Anyway, we're not going to talk about M&Ms. I mean, it, it does make me, like I said, shake my head and go, What's going on here? And I, I presume you've heard about all of this, that, that you've seen it in social media or heard about the fact that all of the, the little Eminem characters are being changed so that they are less um, gender specific. No more Mr. and Ms. The green Eminem is less uh, flirty and less pouty and is no longer wearing pumps. She's now wearing sneakers. And it's all about inclusivity and all of the rest of it. And I think, do you, are there not really bigger things to deal with? So again, we we could we could have a a fine time just kind of venting our spleen about what's going on with M and M's, but I'm not sure that that would be all that productive or all that God glorifying in the moment, right? So I want to talk with you this hour, and I want to hear from you this hour about what is the most um, polarizing, divisive, I would say in my lifetime, the most polarizing and divisive issue I I think I've come across, and that is how, what, what is the right way to respond to what we've been living with for the past two years, the pandemic. You know, two years ago, 
at the end of January was when we first heard about the, the first U.S. outbreak in a nursing home in Washington State of COVID. We were just learning about it two years ago. A month ago, the last time we were together, back before Christmas, Omicron was in South Africa, starting to show up in England, and we were hearing it's just a matter of time before it gets here. And of course, it got here. It got to New York. The numbers spiked. The numbers are dropping now in New York. It appears, if that's the pattern that will happen across the country, it appears that Omicron is very infectious, um, not as not as virulent as other strains have been. More people getting infected, fewer people winding up in the hospital proportionately, uh, fewer people who are dying, thank the Lord. Those who have been vaccinated have uh, a much lower risk of, of serious implications from this. And in the meantime, we, we still have all kinds of, of um, polarization and divisiveness around what is the right way to respond. Some of you who are listening today, you are saying the right way to respond to this is to respond with caution and care. The most loving thing we can do is to protect ourselves and protect one another and distance and wear masks and stay apart from one another so that we do as much as we can to minimize the potential devastation that can come from COVID in somebody's life, particularly someone who's older, someone who has comorbidities. We, as followers of Jesus, our job is to protect the vulnerable and therefore we should be we should be doing everything we can do i have friends you have friends i i talked to somebody this week they said first time to go to a restaurant in 2 years last week i i have friends you have friends who mask up they double mask as they drive their car or as they walk outdoors And maybe it's some of you who are taking these kinds of precautions and who would say to me, this is what we ought to do as followers of Christ. I also have friends who say, I've not gotten the jab. I'm not going to get the jab. I'm not wearing masks. I'm not going to cower in fear for this thing. I'm trusting the Lord with this. It's it's not what the media is making it out to be. The, the government is using this as a wedge to try to gain more control over our lives. And I'm not going to give in to that. And you shouldn't either, they say. I'm, I'm kind of representing what are the two extremes, I think, in this. And then there are those in the middle who are saying, I'm distancing a little bit. I'm masking when I'm supposed to, or if I have to, or maybe I do it regularly. You know, I'm doing, I'm trying to play by the rules. 
Some are vaxxed, some aren't vaxxed. So full disclosure, I'm I'm vaxxed and I got the booster. Uh, my wife is vaxxed and didn't get the booster. I got uh, five adult children and they all have spouses. Eight of ten of them have gotten COVID. Uh, nine of ten of them got vaccinated. Uh, I, I, I'll tell you. I'll, t- I'll tell you just a little of my personal experience on this. And and this, by the way, this is why I want the, I want you to call, and I'd love to hear your experience. Have you have you had COVID? What was it like for you? Was it serious? What kinds of treatments did you use? Have you used ivermectin? Have you used any of the other treatments, monoclonal antibodies? Do you have access to those? Have you used those? Do you know people? Have you lost loved ones to COVID? I heard a report a couple of weeks ago that in New York City at uh, NYU Langone Hospital that 65% of the people in the hospital who had tested positive for COVID were in the hospital for some reason other than COVID. There are all kinds of numbers and statistics that you hear. And honestly, the the thing that I've become to be, I've started to be most concerned about are six-year-olds who are wearing masks all day in school. And what a an ongoing, seemingly endless, two-year impact. In fact, I'm going to read to you a piece here in a few minutes from a teacher who's talking about the impact that she's seeing on this. But here's the experience, my experience with this. Um, it was 13, 13 or 14 months ago. I was in a recording session doing an interview with... Um, uh, there were there were four of us in the interview room. Uh, interview went great. My engineer on the other side of the glass was he was on the other side with with another guest who was over there. There were a group of us. There were about eight of us involved in this recording session. That was on a Tuesday. On a Friday, I got a call from one of the guys who had been in the recording session. He said, "How are you feeling?" I said, "I'm feeling okay." He said, "My friend said I'm starting. I'm thinking maybe I got COVID." This was Friday night. He said, I'm not going to go to the ER. I'm going to go in in the morning, see if I'm okay. I said, well, call me and let me know what you find out. Like he texted me the next morning and he said, I wound up going in last night because I was just feeling so bad. And yes, I tested positive for COVID. And by the way, he said, so did two of the other people who were in the interview room with you. And we just heard that the guest also tested positive. As it turned out, there were eight people, as I said, involved in that interview Seven of them got COVID. I, I was the one who didn't. I have no idea. I, there's no logical reason for why I did not get COVID. This was pre-vaccine. One of the people who got COVID in that session wound up spending 70 days in the hospital, in ICU for a portion of that time, very near death, there was talk about a possible lung transplant during that time. He is still 
dealing with permanent damage done to his lungs because of COVID. COVID's a real thing, right? I mean, you get that. This is not just the flu. But how should we be responding to it? That's what I'd love to hear from you about. I'd love to hear what choices you're making and then how do we get along with one another when we make different choices? The number to call is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Barry Weiss, who is a, she writes on Substack, used to work for the uh, New York Times until they could not abide with her views any longer. She's center left. She's not a believer. She's, uh, she, I think she is a practicing Jew. She's also a lesbian. And I just tell you that to say, this is where she is in the in the whole spectrum. Here's what she wrote. She said, I have hit the wall with COVID. I've done every stage of this pandemic. I did the Tiger King stage, the 10,000 steps a day phase. I did the adopting the dog phase. I did the regret having adopted a dog phase. I did the inability to imagine my life without a dog phase and the sweatpants phase that I truly worry will never end. I wore the mask, sometimes two. I sprayed down the groceries. Remember that? I've had my nostrils violated countless times. I've canceled plans. I've stayed home. I got the vaccine the minute I could. But two weeks and some 650 days into flattening the curve, I'm done. I don't care what cable news is blaring about these days. In this house, COVID is over. She says, you know what we did on New Year's Eve? We hosted two beloved friends who were both positive for Omicron, and they were stuck at home with mild colds. I feel great about the decision to have them over for New Year's Eve, and I'm still negative. She says, but I'm out of step with my city. When I'm asked to show my vaccine card at a club, even though it says nothing about whether I'm actively transmitting COVID, I want to laugh. When I eat at a restaurant where the diners are unmasked, but the staff are forced to don stormtrooper headgear and gloves, I wonder if people realize what this looks like. When friends ask me to swab my nose so we can hang out, I do it, but I only do it to try to be polite. Those of you reading this in states like Florida and Texas, she says, are probably patting yourselves on the back for your wise life choices, which, okay, fair enough. But for many of us in America, our lives are still controlled by the pandemic and the irrationality of the policies and conversations around COVID. Irrationality that comes from our public health officials, our schools, our workplaces, our local governments, our media, making skeptics out of even the most compliant. The medical establishment remains singularly focused on the virus, even as life-saving vaccines have been available to every adult in America who wants them for almost a year now. People have failed to get timely treatments for cancer. There is a growing mental health crisis, especially among young people. Kids have fallen behind at school. To say nothing of lost time, two years is not significant. It feels like our priorities are off. I I read that and I thought to myself, 
that's kind of where I am. So where are you? Do you wear a mask when somebody asks you to? Or are you pushing back? Or do you think we should be asking more people in more places? Are you extra cautious as you handle this? 888-52-TALKS is the number. That's what I want to talk about here in the first hour. And Cindy is with us in Fountain Valley to talk about it this afternoon. Cindy, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, thank you. So so tell me your COVID story. Uh, so uh, in December of 2020, my husband and myself, I'm 64, he's a little younger than me, we started taking hydroxychloroquine as a prophylactic um, once a week. We've been doing it for over a year now. Neither one of us are vaccinated. I've been in multiple situations where it turned out people did have COVID, including a women's retreat where I was in close proximity with about 100 women, and we came down the mountain from Lake Arrowhead, and about 35 of them had COVID. Hmm. Um, I believe it's the, um, the, the, immune, the immune system that I have, plus the hydroxychloroquine, plus I don't live in fear. In my experience, it seems like those that are afraid of it are the ones that get it. <laughs> and um, but I, I just, um, I think it's, if, you know, if someone wants to get it, that's up to them. But it should not be mandated. I believe that it should be a personal choice. Was the, the hydroxychloroquine, was that something that you heard about from President Trump and you said, okay, we're going to try that? What led you to that choice? Yeah, I, I, it might have been, he might have been the first one that we heard about it through, but then we started listening to a lot of doctors and scientists that are not mainstream media that were coming out and talking about all of the, the benefits of it and the, and the tests and the, the results that people were getting, and there was no reason not to try it. Um, it was a, you know, it was a precaution that had no, no adverse side effects compared to the vaccine, which is having, you know, people are having many, many adverse side effects. And so we just, we've just been on it once a week. And we also did get some ivermectin to have on hand should we get COVID. Um, and I do have that on hand, but I don't, I don't take it prophylactically. I just have it in case we do get sick. You had any time in the last year where you woke up and you were sneezing and you thought, oh, I wonder if we got it? Oh, yeah. There's been a couple times I've had a cold. Um, I only tested myself once at home because I drive a bus for seniors in uh, the city of Huntington Beach, and, and I had worked the previous day, and I thought I better test because I don't put a lot of faith in the tests. I've heard too many false positives and false negatives. But I wanted to, I felt like I needed to, because if it did come out positive, then I should let my boss know so that she could, you know, let my passengers from the day before know. But it, it, it was negative, and I ended up probably having just a head cold. If you're driving a bus for seniors, are you masking up when you drive? I do. If the passengers wear a mask, yes. We are all supposed to wear a mask on the bus, but if a, if a passenger gets on, and, and most of the time it's one passenger at a time these days. Um, you know, I pick up someone, I take them to the beauty shop or the bank or whatever, and if they don't have a mask on, I don't put a mask on. I'm about to go in the grocery store. I do not wear masks anywhere um, outside of work. I also drive a school bus part-time, and when I have children on the bus, I have to have a mask on. So those are the only times I wear a mask. You get dirty looks when... You're not wearing a mask in the grocery store? I don't make a lot of eye contact. <laughs> um, 
Um, but I can't say that I have, no. And I mean, employees, they've been gracious, but I've not heard, I've not had anyone, you know, tell me in Fountain Valley anyway, I realize LA County is probably much different, but Orange County, you know, they haven't, they have, everybody has a sign on the door that you must have it on, but you know, I'll go in the store and if I see 50, if there's 50 people shopping, me and three others won't have a mask and Hmm. nobody has said anything to me. Well, how long do you think you'll keep taking ivermectin? Or, the hydroxychloroquine? Uh, no, the hydroxychloroquine, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I don't know. Uh, for the unforeseeable future, till the Lord comes back for us, that's what I'm <laughs> kind of waiting on. <laughs> and where, where so, do you turn now when you're looking for reputable, reliable medical advice? Where do you go? So the hydroxychloroquine comes from a website, America's Frontline Doctors. And the ivermectin comes from another great website that I've been familiar with, and I've ordered ivermectin from them twice. It's in India, but it's a reputable company. It takes about three weeks, but it's called alldaychemist.com, and you can get ivermectin without a prescription through them. And so that's where I get my ivermectin, and my hydroxychloroquine comes from America's Frontline Doctors. All right. Cindy, thank you for calling in. Thanks for sharing your story with us. and and. I imagine there are people who are listening who are going, you go, girl, and others who are going, you're out of your mind, and maybe we'll hear from some of you. We're going to take your phone calls. The number to call is 888-52-TALKS. That's uh, that's 888-528. I got to pull it up. 888-528-2557. That's the number. You can email us at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. And we'll continue to take your calls after we take this time out as your Monday edition of SoCal Live continues. Southern California Live on a Monday afternoon. 888-52-TALKS, the number 888-528-2557. I'm Bob Lapine. We're talking about COVID. We're talking about how you're handling the pandemic as we begin year three. It was about two years ago when we heard about our first case up in Washington State. Uh, Omicron is has looks like it's peaked in New York and is on the downside there. And, of course, that's kind of where it, it began. And so in other places, we expect it to rise and fall maybe a four- to six-week period it's not does not appear to be as dangerous as delta or the initial covid strain so what are you doing uh let's go to la county chris is on the live with us in la chris thanks for calling southern california live you're welcome um i'm on the 405 drive so i don't cut out um what happened was back in 2020 september my wife got covid and we didn't discover until after five days, and then we, we both sort of quarantined in the house. And, of course, we had to stay home for two weeks. She works for the county. I work for L.A. City. But the funny thing is I got tested the day after she did through Kaiser, and hers, of course, is positive. Mine was negative. So it's interesting we have contact uh, for those five days. And I never got uh, COVID until recently, which, which is a couple weeks ago I got COVID. And, uh, of course, everyone's coming down with this. seems like uh, family and friends. 
But, yeah, you know, um, I, 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 I've I, talked to so many. Let me let me jump in here because I've talked to so many people where that's sure. happened in the household where the husband gets it and the wife doesn't. The wife gets it and the husband doesn't. And, and Marianne, my wife and I have looked at each other and we've said, how does that work? How can you be together with somebody like we're together and not if, if it is this infectious, how do we not give it to one? Because we're not masking around the house with each other, you know, so it, it's kind of a crazy yeah. story. So so you got it the the much later than she got it. Did I guess both of you had what kind of symptoms? Uh, mine were very minor, light headache, light cough, scratchy throat. And, of course, for several days when I went to bed, I felt the aches in, on my legs and stuff like that, lower okay. body. But right. it was very mild. So what about now? What are you thinking? Uh, well, uh, again, I, I, I file for a religious exemption. I go to Core Church L.A. I, I, you know, I'm a Bible believer. I'm born again. Um, I get tested twice a week, uh, Tuesday and Thursday, through Bluestone. And my results for last week came negative, and I returned back to work Tuesday because I had to stay out of work for almost two weeks because I had I tested positive for COVID. So I, I just take vitamins, you know, and I'm, I'm over 60. I'm diabetic, too. I'm not obese, you know. I probably could lose a little, maybe 10 pounds and be at 165 to be comfortable. But I'm pretty healthy. And, and are they mandating that you stay away, or are they mandating a vaccine for you? Well, because I followed the, the religious exemption, uh, and I got support from my church, Core L.A., um, they they accepted my exemption because I filed for it. I got tested Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, of course, when I tested positive uh, two weeks ago, I had to stay home and quarantine for at least ten days. Got it. And and of course, those rules are changing as well now. They're saying five days may be all you need if you're symptom free. Chris, thank you. Thanks for calling in and sharing your COVID story with us. Carol is with us in Costa Mesa. Carol, thanks for calling Southern California Live. Thanks for taking my call. So how, what's your COVID story? Well, I got COVID um, at school. I'm a substitute teacher. And I uh, got off as soon as I knew that I was tested positive. My daughter, who's 26 and I'm 69, um, she thinks she might have had it, but she tested negative. Hmm. So... And- what yeah, was yeah. going on at the school? Were there were there regulations at the school about masking and and what you needed to do there? Yes, yes, yes. We all were masking and no problem. Okay, we, we would mask and I mask as I can. And <laughs> I do. do do you think you got it at school? Yes, I do. Okay, but I think um, uh, my next door neighbor had it and on both sides the, the same week, so. I can't be sure, Um, you know, and I take colloidal silver spray from Mother's Market. It's their own brand, and I take oil of oregano, which kills both viruses and bacteria, and I was, uh, I even checked it out with the doctor, and they said, over in, I think it's Japan Airlines or China Airlines, they spray their jets with colloidal silver, and it stops. And the beautiful thing about colloidal silver is that it does not, uh, the bacteria or the viruses do not become resistant 
and morph into something worse. And I'm wondering if we're making a worse bug if we use antibiotics. Well, it, it seems like what's happening with us now with, of course, you know, the, 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 uh, the treatment side of this is something that is different than the vaccination side of this. But it seems like what's happening is what's supposed to happen with these with these kinds of viruses, where instead of becoming worse, they're becoming uh, less powerful, less potent. Uh, they are spreading more broadly, but they're hurting fewer people. So we, we can pray. A lot of people are thinking that that um, Omicron is going to be the beginning of the end of this because it will spread broadly. People will get infected and natural immunity will develop. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing conflicting reports about the efficacy of natural mu- immunity versus uh, vaccine immunity. And that's part of the challenge that we've got is you you can find online lots of different people telling you lots of different things about what works, what doesn't work, what what's effective, what's not effective. But, uh, Carol, I appreciate you calling in. We're going to talk to Rachel, who is joining us in Whittier, California. Rachel, welcome to uh, Southern California Live. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I Right now, I have COVID. Oh. And I tested positive uh, Friday, I believe. When did... When did your symptoms start? Uh, Thursday. And I what were your symptoms? Okay. My symptoms were a little scratchy in my throat. And um, that went on throughout the day. And Friday night is when I got the chills. Ah. And my chills. What about the weekend? How have you been over the weekend? Um. Well, right now, it's it just feels like the flu, hmm. the flu. Okay. I have a little bit of body ache. The chills are gone. I have a little bit of body ache. Uh, my throat, I have a cough, sneezing, but it feels like a flu. It are feels you, like a flu. And, are you taking anything to try to deal with the symptoms, or has anybody recommended monoclonal antibodies, anything like that for you? Uh, no, like you were saying, there's so much out there, there's so much research, and I'm kind of old school, what my mom used to teach us. It's uh, lemon with honey, <laughs> boiled lemon with honey and cinnamon, and I put a cough drop in there, and that's, I was drinking that before talking to you, and my voice has gotten better. Okay. Um, so, um, I take vitamin C, vitamin C, vitamin D zinc and i just um i'm good it's just i just it's just like the flu symptoms and, and, and do you mind I've me asking flu do you mind me asking how old you are i'm 58 okay and any other health related issues that you've got coming into this uh no no um maybe overweight mm. <laughs> that's about it but uh no i had i had high blood pressure, but I kind of keep an eye on my sodium. So um, I'm really consistent on that. Well, I appreciate you calling and sharing your your COVID story with us. And and I just want to pray for you. Lord, be with Rachel, protect her, keep her safe. I pray that she'd get through this, that you would touch her and heal her, and that uh, you would keep her safe and protected, and that there'd be no, no long-term effects for uh, the, the COVID diagnosis that she's dealing with. We do pray for her healing, and uh, pray it in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Thank you, Rachel, for calling. Sal is on the line from Pasadena. We're taking your COVID stories. If you want to join us, 888-52-TALKS is the number, 888-528-2557. Sal, welcome to the program. Hi, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, uh, I'm a I'm a COVID survivor. Okay. And uh, in December 1st of 2020, I was hospitalized because I had tested positive for COVID. And my doctor, my personal doctor, is a very good friend of mine. And he said, I don't want to take any chances to put you in the hospital. And... That's the last I remember until the middle of February. Oh, my. Uh, supposedly, yeah, supposedly I went into respiratory failure as a result of COVID. Uh, had, uh, as a result, the respiratory failure contracted pneumonia. And so I was placed in a coma for two months, and I was on uh, everything. Uh, oh. Then later, uh, trachea. But I don't remember any of that. And what they used to keep me in a coma were opiates. <laughs> and so when I when I finally woke up, I was in an ambulance being transported over to rehabilitation because I needed to learn how to walk, talk, eat. Meanwhile, I had two tubes in the abdomen area of my of my left side of my abdomen and one on my right. That one on one of the ones on the left, one is for feeding, and one was for medication, and the one on the right was to measure the volume in my abdomen, <laughs> my stomach. So, uh, I went ahead. How I caught it, ironically, was from my wife, and how she caught it was that she has a brother who's not that much older than I am. And, uh, but he is not one of these kind of guys that just goes to the doctor. You know, he doesn't go to have his prostate checked or anything. And, and the irony is that he is presently in fifth stage renal failure, which requires for him to go and have uh, dialysis three times a week. My. So my wife, who still works, she, she has a, great job and she loves the people she works for uh she goes on saturday to take him she's been doing this for 10 years now she takes him on saturday and spends the entire day with her family after she gets done taking him in and bringing him back home and she caught it from him he Mm. had it and Mm. he didn't tell anyone wow so he gave it her meanwhile that saturday after she dropped him off she went over to get a shingles vaccination and the following day, she was having problems, and she thought it was because she was reacting to shingles. Turned out that she had caught COVID. Yeah. So I was taking care of her, and I was monitoring my temperature, and I noticed my temperature went up to call my doctor. My doctor said, go get tested, and I went. And then the next thing I know, he tells me, you're, gonna, you're going into the hospital, and that's what happened. So now uh, I'm 70 years old, and... Uh, I'll be 71 in June, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And what's uh, been going on is that uh, I drink I drink a lot of water. I don't take any supplementals. I drink a lot of water because I know that most of us are not properly hydrated, 
And when yep. we're not properly hydrated, you know, it, it stops the proper functioning of our liver, which is the detox filter, and our kidneys, which filter out our blood. So, you know, because once our, when something enters our body and it's foreign to our body, you know, our, our immune system kicks in. And so, I, but I do wear a mask, and I have been back uh, tested. I was tested last week because I, I got exposed to it again, and I just said, you know what, I'm not going to take a chance. When it got tested, it, it came back negative. Good. So I'm not taking any supplementals other than the fact where uh, I started eating a lot of apples for the fiber <laughs> to clean myself, keep myself, you know, uh, re- regular. Sal, let me let me ask you real quick, Sal, just because and I've got to take a break here in a second. But any long term impact from from your two months bout with COVID? Yes, yes. Uh, if you notice, my voice kind of broke up there, and that's because I have a, once in a while I'll have a shortness of breath, and uh, I have to see a specialist pulmonologist in regard to that this coming week and uh, find out what's going on. They, the, the interesting factor is this. They don't really know. They have no clue as to how it really affects people. And like in my case, why did I get, how did I get it and I end up with having it so severe? Yeah. Well, they're thinking it's a possibility with DNA factor. Mm-hmm. But they don't know, but they're starting to do research in regards to that. But as I share with you, my doctors are my best friends. My two doctors are my best friends. And they said, we really don't know what's going on. Because this came so sudden, and it affected so many people that we were just scrambling around trying to figure out, well, what the hell do we do next, right? But they weren't going to come on and admit that because they didn't want people to get all shook up. Well, Sal, I appreciate your call. I appreciate you calling in and sharing your story. I'm glad you survived, glad you made it through the coma. Uh, we're, we're talking COVID stories this afternoon and we want to hear what your story is, what you're doing, what you're not doing, where you are with this. 888-52-TALKS is the number. 888-528-2557. Lines are open. We'll continue the conversation, uh, when the, when, uh, the, the Monday edition of Southern California Live continues. Southern California Live on KKLA. I'm Bob Lapine. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Talking about COVID, we're talking about how we respond to COVID, about masking, not masking, about natural immunity. We're talking about just your stories related to COVID. These are the kinds of conversations I'm having with people all the time now, and I think we've got to be able to share our stories and give room for people to have different views on this. Giovanna's joining us from L.A. Giovanna, welcome to Southern California Live. Thanks for calling. Oh, thank you. Um, well, basically my story is from COVID-19. I have never gotten the immunization. I have never got t- tested. I have been around positive testing people who actually had uh, COVID and uh, lived with them, actually cared for uh, my granddaughter is six years old, and she um, never had symptoms, although she tested positive. <laughs> I have, before COVID, like January 2020, my son, Chris, he uh, he's very, very sick. I don't know. If he said he had the flu very badly, but who knows? I don't know if it was COVID or not. 
but uh, he was very, very sick, and I was in that room with him for hours, and so was my granddaughter, and nothing happened. We didn't get sick. And before COVID, I have never, um, I, well, I've, like twice, I've taken the immunization for the flu vaccine, okay, in my okay. entire life. I work in a healthcare for, uh, setting, and also I've always done great hand washing and never share food. If you're sick, I automatically remove myself way before COVID. So right. Realistically, I can't remember a time when I was sick with a, even a common cold, and that's the same for my granddaughter, who's sick. She only got sick once in six years, and it was for less than 48 hours, and she's six years old. So you've and taken the flu vaccine second. in past years. Uh, did you take the flu vaccine Twice. this year? No, nothing. And and by the way, I'm hearing that the flu vaccine was pretty ineffective this year. But why take the flu vaccine but not COVID? Oh, uh, well, I just did it just yeah. Oh, well, I'll just take it since it's pretty bad. But this was over 10 years ago. It wasn't recently. Okay. It wasn't recently. And so, I like I said, and then I drink plenty of water. I'm actually, technically, you would say I'm 100 pounds overweight, so that would be morbidly obese. I do do some exercise. Uh, walking, etc. I'm moving around, but um, I've, like I said, distancing I've always done. I have not gotten sick with a, even a common cold for years. I can't even remember when was the last time. And why not take? Okay. Why, why not take the vaccine? Oh, well, I don't want to. Why okay, uh, because the statistics say that if you get it, the vaccine's going to make the symptoms less severe and keep you out of the hospital and maybe keep you from dying? Uh, well, those statistics, where are you getting them from? I listened to KKLA 99.5, and according to the statistics from um, Jay Sekulow or, or, or some of those programs that uh, Republicans have on YouTube, the statistics are incorrect and they're overblown. They're, they're not correct. It's just exaggerated, and Many of these people that are calling, they have underlying issues. They're not saying what, what were their underlying issues that took them to the hospital. Was, many people test for COVID, but they're, they're not dying from COVID. So, and, and I, so, so body, what, here, your here, naturally becomes uh, immune when you're around, uh, when you're around it. So you don't have to run and get a vaccine that's not really proven. And and you understand, in, 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 in my asking you this question, I'm not asking you the question to try to talk you into anything. I'm asking you the question to understand and, and to let listeners hear why somebody would say, I, I, I've, got, I've got some factors that might put me at risk, but I'm not taking the vaccine. I'm choosing not to do that. And I'm just trying to understand what your, your hesitancy about the vaccine is just that it's new and untested? No, it's that I... I I don't take drugs, period. I am in pain every day from a work injury. I rarely even take a Tylenol. I don't, I don't know, uh, I don't take, I don't drink alcohol, I don't smoke. So basically I'm just overweight, but I, all the rest isn't good. Um, and I've never gotten sick, really. I have not gotten sick from a cold in years. I can't remember the last time. And I've been around people, they'll cough, they'll sneeze. I move away. I've always done that. So they're like the same thing. My granddaughter, she's six years old. She only got sick once for this because I'm the one watching her in the same practice. 
So you're just betting you're you're betting on your natural immunity, your natural immune system to to see you through this way. God made us this way. He made us with a uh, great body. It's supposed to work and it does work. Giovanna, thank you for calling. Thanks for sharing your story with us. Let's see if we can get one more in before we have to wrap things up this hour. Christine is on the air from L.A. Christine, thanks for calling this afternoon. Hi. Um, so I work in a very reputable uh, medical institution, and I'm mandated to test twice because I am not vaccinated. Okay. And on my routine tests, um, it showed that I was positive for covid which, but at the same time, I had zero symptoms. So when I decided to retest the next day, all these tests I'm talking about, they're PCRs out of reputable lab- laboratories, and my my test was negative. But um, they put me out for 10 days with no symptoms at all. And I returned to work. I did an antibody test, and I was negative. So I never had covid they didn't pay me for the 10 days they put me out, and um, that's what my story is. So you got a false positive on the test, it would appear, because it was negative the next day because you didn't have t- symptoms and because there was no sign of antibodies. They were just being extra cautious with you, right? I call it that way, yeah. yes. So, so if... If you were in charge, how would you have done it differently in your in your situation? I would have me go back and retest at the facility that they say they trust. Retest one more time mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to have, um, you know, two PCRs that said negative. And why have you chosen not to get vaccinated? Um. First of all, religious reasons, and I'm my own body will do its own thing on its on its own course. Going to trust the immune system to do what the immune system is designed to do. Even even though, and you know this in the healthcare right. system, you got you got people whose immune systems are not doing what they're supposed to do, and these people are dying from COVID. You're right, but um, everyone has their own opinions. And everyone has their own way of thinking. And I, I think we've got to respect that. And, Christina, I appreciate your call. I think we've got to understand that there are going to be people who disagree with us, people who make different choices than we make, people who are taking different protocols. I, I think we have to recognize that in this situation we can have reasonable dialogue. We can we can talk with one another about the choices we're making. We can share our stories with one another. And then I think we've got to trust the, the and respect the uh, the bodily autonomy of individuals to make their own choices. I appreciate all of you who've called in this hour and, and shared your story. Uh, I, I pray that you'll stay safe, pray that we'll all stay safe, and that God will remove this plague from our land uh, quickly. Thank you for calling, and uh, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Monday edition of Southern California Live on KKLA. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.